Uh, hey guys, this is Matt. Uh, you may have just gotten this downloaded onto your phone, and you might be thinking to yourself, holy shit, the St. Mort show is still a thing? Um, technically, <laughs> no, but it's the, the only spot that really made sense for this to drop for uh, Geekscape purposes. Um, so I wanted to uh, sit down. It was proposed to me by uh, Derek that instead of us doing our normal fantasy booking episode, that we just kind of record a podcast discussing it instead, which I'm always down to record a podcast and talk about uh, wrestling. And I know that Derek doesn't really get a chance to talk about wrestling anyway, so why not now? Uh, let's do this. Um, big announcement that came out uh, today was that uh, Pitbull will be performing in the middle of the show. <laughs> uh, so we've got that to look forward to. And uh, also the list of the pre-show matches were announced, but I've actually just seen on, on Wikipedia... It's that, been adjusted at this point, yeah. Yeah, that one of them was dropped, but... It, still, that uh, the Cruiserweight match is a pre-show match. Uh, it's probably the only match that I'm... Well, not the only match, but it's the match I'm most excited for. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be the... the, the show stealer i think that mm-hmm. neville is amazing as a heel uh mm-hmm. and austin aries i think is the man who's going to single-handedly save the cruiserweights okay um, you watch 205 live and any time that that dude is in that ring the entire arena is chanting his name like he <clears throat> has the star power to really make people care about the cruiserweights but no one's going to care mm-hmm. about the thing that's on the pre-show of wrestlemania is that like is that tr- like I have only really been watching for uh about a year and a half so I started with like TLC uh in 2015 I guess um and I feel like I always I never skip the pre-show so regardless of the matches in the, and for instance if I am at the point where I'm coming home from work late and so I'm jumping onto the pay-per-view late I'll still fast forward through the pre-show in order to get to the matches and I feel like I do that even with the lower tier pay-per-views is are the pre-shows generally something people skip because I feel like I do really enjoy them and I really enjoy the it's, commentary it's not uh, so beforehand. much that people it's not so much that people skip them but there's there's this feeling that they are put on the pre-show because they are perceived as less important than other things. Um, Which is why I can see the moving of uh, the the women's match. It seems like it's no longer a pre-show match. Um, well, and I think the I, I feel like the big thing there has to do with uh, with Naomi showing back up on Tuesday because of course she's from Florida, isn't she? So to she's from Orlando. Know, this, she's not just from Orla- Florida. She's from she, Orlando. Yeah. yeah so to like, have this big return for her, like days after she you know showed up on SmackDown and revealed that yes, I will be at WrestleMania. I will be fighting for you know to regain my championship. To not have that up there on the card would be crazy. I feel like. Yeah. No, I agree. So. I mean, really, it sucks because it's a pretty stacked card as right. is, and there was no reason to add more matches to the pre, yeah. like just create pre-show matches. So obviously, some things had to go there. The Andre the Giant Battle Royale being in there makes sense. That's where it normally is. Last year hmm. was like the first year I think it wasn't pre-show. And I think last last year was odd because I think it had been announced for the pre-show and then it just was later in the card or something like that. And I remember watching it being really confused because I'm like, how did we, like, do we miss this? Like, what happened? Well, and then it showed up later. I feel like it was also last year was kind of a nightmare because last year I think we had the Undertaker-Shane match which right. was like 30 plus minutes 
and then I think it was right after that, and then after that it was the rock segment. Like I feel like there was almost a solid hour of just in between time between the Undertaker match and the main event. Right. Um, but I could be wrong. The Andre the Giant Battle Royale could have been right before Undertaker as well. Because mm-hmm. um, that, it, that it definitely is... felt like it was. It definitely felt like it was quite late in the card. Yeah, it, it definitely. Uh... <laughs> it's not a WrestleMania that I've ever felt a need to revisit. So, <laughs> um, I I cannot well, tell I, you the order. <laughs> I was uh, my I, my dad was visiting uh, this past weekend, and he. I mean, he watched back in like, like he talks about like watching WrestleMania three and stuff and hasn't really watched it since then. But I was showing him kind of just how big it's gotten and how big the crowds have gotten. And so naturally, I showed him some of last year's WrestleMania and just how it's still insane to look at that and look at the crowd there because it's 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 unfathomably large. And sometimes when they do those shots from like the nosebleeds and you're like, you can't even see the ring from here. Like, it's just absolutely crazy. But we, the, the spot that I fast forwarded to was the, uh, intercontinental ladder match from last year. And that match is amazing. No, that was, um, that match and the women's match were the reason to watch that <laughs> WrestleMania. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, so I'm going to real quickly just like steamroll through everybody who's in that Andre the giant battle Royale. Cause I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the first match that we see. At yeah, that one can still kick off, so that definitely makes sense. It's got less weight, I, I would say, than the cruiserweight, uh, than the cruiserweight championship. So for sure, yeah. So we've got Mojo, we've got Apollo Cruz, we got Big Show, we got Kurt Hawkins, Braun Strowman, Gold Dust, R Truth, Primo and Epico, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, Ginger Mahal, Sami Zayn, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Dolph Ziggler, Rhino, Heath Slater, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, The Usos. Connor, Victor, Kalisto, the Vaudevillains, Sin Cara, Titus O'Neil, Mark Henry, and some random name that I don't know who apparently appeared on one episode of NXT. Um, <laughs> so, uh, really, I mean, it's got to be Braun Strowman. This, this, it's the yeah, only name that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. I... I mean, he's been getting kind of this mini push as of late and, and, you know, him kind of that feud with Roman, which I actually quite enjoyed. And then, of course, it kind of just stopped short because they had to start stuff with The Undertaker. So if if it's not something where we're going to see Braun interfere with that match for some reason because he, you know, The Undertaker did pop in and, and kind of take that feud away from uh, from Braun, if we don't see him interfere with something like that, I could definitely see him winning. Um, though Mojo has also been looking really good as of late, and I'm a, I was a big Hype Bros fan. Mojo, especially after watching Tough Enough, no, not Tough Enough, sorry, Breaking Ground, and the, you know, kind of kind of seeing his rise up through NXT and how long he, you know, how he kind of struggled to find uh, his footing until he he partnered up with Zack Ryder and and became the Hype Bros. Like just watching that story kind of really made me feel for him, and really I've just really liked him since then, and so to see him in a situation like that would be would be pretty cool as well yeah it's 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 so there's a couple factors that have to be thrown in there and like i think that there's a lot of people who are in this match and i think it might be a pre-show match because some of these people will be getting involved in other matches i could see Sami Zayn maybe uh making an appearance during the kevin owens match i could see braun Strowman maybe making appearance during the undertaker match uh, the mm-hmm. only other notable thing in here is that Big Show is in this match, 
And Big yeah. Show has repeatedly said that this is probably his last WrestleMania. Right. I was just going to say that as well. And of course, unfortunately, the plans with Shaq seem to have not worked out at this point. And I know that's, I, I don't know, just just seeing Big Show kind of get buff over the past year or so and, and you know, kind of become like he's in better shape than I ever remember him being. And, you know, he was he was one of the guys I was in there when I was watching as an eight year old or whatever. And, and to see him kind of be this actual giant monster again instead of sort of just a giant dude that looked it um is really cool and and that would be a great send-off if if this was to be his last show and to be his last wrestlemania to see him go out on top of an event like that because i mean he's he seems like a super nice dude but seeing the commentary he's been making over the years where he's like you know like in the last five years i've won like eight times or whatever like stuff like that is kind of sad because he used to be this you know, hulking monster of a champion and everything like that. So to see him go out on top, like with something like this, would be uh, really nice to see. Yeah, and it's also sad to look at this lineup, and there's just so many people who deserve more. You know, what I mean, like, I, I off the top of my head, I just feel like uh, Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn, um, Dolph Ziggler, uh, American Alpha. And I'll throw them in there just because I love them. But like Febreze, like those <laughs> those guys. Uh, I mean, you could you could eliminate Febreze, and I would understand. But specifically, American Alpha, Sami Zayn, uh, Braun Strowman. Um, yeah, they they've been just and Dolph Ziggler. They've been putting in like a hundred and ten percent throughout oh, all yeah. of this last year to kind of just be part of a giant mishmash of people at the pre-show mm-hmm. as their WrestleMania moment is like. Really, really disappointing because, yeah, I mean, those guys all should be getting a lot more. I don't know how many more years right. Dolph Ziggler has in him, but like Sami Zayn should be headlining something. And right. like Samoa Joe's not even in this. Samoa Joe's yeah. nowhere to be seen on this card. I mean, you know, you know, Samoa, you know, he's popping up somewhere though. Oh, like, yeah, he, he is not. It's not like he's not going to show up. He'll be, he'll be there at the, in the, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens match. Yeah, and we'll get there soon. But uh, who do you think is going to be winning the battle royale? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's got to be. If it's not Big Show as like a thank you and as a send off, it's going to be Braun. Um, and if it wasn't Braun, I would like to see. I would like to see Mojo, but I think it's more. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Mojo actually has any chance. But it's going to be Big Show or Braun. And I think it's I, I I mean I could maybe see them giving it to Big Show again, although he's already won it once. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking either Braun Strowman or I I would really uh, I'm not holding my breath for it, but it would be shocking to see Sami Zayn get it. Um, I would love to see if Braun is going to take it. I would love to see S- Sammy and Braun as the final two, and and for Sammy to almost get it and, and before being knocked out, I think would really fit the kind of underdog story Sammy's been pushing for. You know his his run so far, and and that would be a, kind of a cool way to end it for sure. It's really devastating that uh, I'm not sure if you heard the the supposed leaked rumor of what they want next year's main event to be. Um, I have heard that. Yeah, and, and that it's. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's supposedly saying that it's Reigns. It's, they want to do Reigns versus Brock Lesnar as the main event, and mm-hmm. the thing that bugs me about that is that I really feel like this is the time to start telling the Sami Zayn story. Like this yeah. is the time to have him be just a guy on the pre-show, 
and and you know you keep telling the just the way that the Daniel Bryan thing started off a, a guy right. who should have gotten something better and instead he got like an eight second match in the pre-show of WrestleMania and the crowd gets behind him and and starts demanding him and then you just keep having him almost get it until he gets that Royal Rumble win you know what I mean that's mm-hmm. and just like make next year WrestleMania the the Sami Zayn show and you get that belt on Kevin Owens and you give us this Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens main oh, event be, like uh, yeah like that's what I think WrestleMania should be building towards but mm-hmm. and I mean who's who's to say it won't, that something like that won't oh things be change. built up you know whether or not it's a whether or not it's a main event type thing or, or it remains to be seen but you know it's they they do often they often talk about of course, WrestleMania being like a season finale, and the Raw the next day being a season opener, and and so I could definitely see something like that start to build. Um, but yeah, no, I would love to. You know, the the feud that Sammy and uh, Kevin Owens had when Sammy first kind of came up, and those matches that they had, and and all of those times that Sammy absolutely destroyed Kevin Owens with ladders and everything like that, just randomly over the course of several pay per views. Like every time that they look at each other there's it's just this this incredible chemistry and to to see that in a you know seven eight nine ten month long feud of sorts i would totally be down for that yeah all right so now we got we got the cruiserweight championship which is going to be neville versus austin aries um i would love to see austin aries win this uh because he is like i said the man who i think is single-handedly going to save the cruiserweight division Mm-hmm. But I think Neville is just too good of a heel champion right now. It's too yeah. soon to take it off of him. Yeah, I t- I totally agree with that. I I've kind of I've always really liked Neville, and so and seeing him back when I started watching, kind of just barely be there or be you know the whoever's tag partner, be like because they couldn't find someone else or whatever the case, and then and then of course he got injured, and and seeing him get this huge push at at this point as and in terms of the heel. Um, mentality of it all he's been super impressive at that and especially with the whole king of the cruiserweights branding i feel like at this point it feels like he kind of just got the championship and so to to have him drop it at this point i feel like just would not make sense but especially with definitely how something that i mean that belt's changed hands so many times in just a few months totally yeah like it really well, does like need more, to... more than the uh, raw women's champion yeah champion at least at like. least it, more people have held it than the raw <laughs> women's champion that's true yeah yeah uh, but yeah, and and of course, and Austin. I mean, Austin Aries just kind of has just recently come back to the ring after his in- injury and after announcing for so long. And so I could definitely see more of a feud building with this and and kind of more heat growing between them. Um, you know, before before they have their blow off match or whatever. But I I don't think that Austin will take it in this round. No, I I agree. But there should be Austin Aries should be the next person to hold that belt, but not. Not at WrestleMania. Um, you know what? I actually, I'm looking at this, and it, it just dawned on me. I, I do want to call out that like they don't have any presence of the UK belt or really anything from that UK tournament anywhere on WrestleMania, and that's kind of devastating as well. No, um, but I read that it will be defended uh, potentially this weekend okay. um, at a different show. Oh, at Access, I think just the live. Ac- yeah, I think it's at the live Access. Pro- it's on so. pro. It's on a Progress show. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, really so it was announced. Yeah, so this was it was announced yesterday during a live live stream on Progress Wrestling's official Facebook page um, that Tyler Bate will put his WWE United Kingdom Championship on the line against Mark Andrews at Progress Orlando on March 31st. That's that's pretty exciting. At least someone's letting him defend that fucking title. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to start at the match that I think will be pretty early on in the show since it just got moved off of the pre-show. The uh, yep. SmackDown Women's Championship. So we got Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch versus Natty versus Mickey James versus Carmella, Carmella, who will have James Ellsworth by her side versus Naomi. Um, I see three different ways that this could play out. Uh, I could see them giving it to Naomi because it's her hometown. I could see Carmella winning because of James Ellsworth inter- interference. <laughs> But the thing I most want to see is I'd like to see Bliss hold it. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, my, Because, you know, we're going to put this up as a fantasy booking article. My fantasy booking for this scenario is that Bliss actually retains the title. Uh, and then the next day, or the that Tuesday on SmackDown, she gives this long speech about how she's proven that there's no one in... Uh, WWE on SmackDown that can take that belt from her, and that's when Daniel Bryan introduces their newest signee, Asuka. <laughs> and then you build for a couple months just the story of Alexa Bliss avoiding an Asuka match mm. for dear life. Uh, any excuse she could come up with to not go up against Asuka becomes the storyline in the chase. Um, right. Because I, I will put money down that Asuka will be losing that belt to Ember Moon at TakeOver. I feel I feel like I, I love that idea, but one thing that I would love to see instead is for Asuka to not lose at TakeOver and to actually vacate because she's moving up and to come into, you know, to come into the main roster as this undefeated champion. That's the um, only other option. Would build onto that even 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 more, yeah. That's the only other option because I can't. There's not a single person in NXT in in the women's division or in the men's division that can believably beat Oscar, right? Except for maybe Ember Moon, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're really playing up the Oscars become this cocky, full of herself, believing her own hype. So I mm-hmm. think it is the time for her to get so full of herself that she slips up. Um. But I that I would love that idea as well, where she's just like they do the same thing they did with Paige, where she just gets called up and she has to vacate the belt. Like that's yeah, yeah. Them's the rules. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I the great idea. I think I think that we'll definitely see Naomi take it. However, just because of the way she had to put it, because of the way she had to vacate it, and because of the fact that it's in Orlando, like I could definitely see. Um, you know, I'll de- I definitely see her taking it home just because it seems like them giving it because it was only what a month, a month and a half ago that she won it in the first place, and so I have to I have to think that that it would have been their plan to hang on to it at least until that point, and so she she kind of never really got a run be- with it because she had to get rid of it essentially the, a day or the week after she won it, um, and yeah, just being in Orlando itself, um, I I don't see her. 
her losing the match at this point. One thing that I would love to see as well, and of course I think the stipulation of the all available women on the roster was there because maybe they were unsure of Naomi's uh, status in the match at that point. But I would love to, I would love to see, you know, Eva Marie or something like that pop up in the match. Uh, you know, where she, she's been off TV now for a substantial period of time. So whether that, you know, if she could come back as an improved uh, as an improved performer and somehow, you know, if she won it or something like that, just the amount of heat that that would draw and the amount of booze, you know, like that stadium would crumble with the amount of hate in it at that moment. And, and I would absolutely love to see, to see that. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I think that that's the, the best route that it can, the, so there was a pitch that I heard on a different podcast uh, when they mentioned Eva Marie and I had proposed the idea to that podcast that uh, I would, if Eva Marie is in that match, she needs to somehow win it without ever wrestling. Um, <laughs> like she just, needs... I mean, that was her, that was her gimmick before she disappeared and it was totally working. Yeah. Like everyone, I feel like people were eating it up and it was hilarious. And, and I don't know, then it just, then she, I mean, then she had her wellness thing. And since then it's, you know, who knows what's going on with her now. Well, could you imagine the heat of, like, there's just, like, a moment where everyone's kind of knocked out. Like, all these women are just lying there. And all of a sudden, here comes Eva Marie unexpectedly. And she just slides on top of one person, gets the three <laughs> count, and just walks off with the belt. And yes. then it's just that she never defends the belt. Like, she's... Yeah, no, that would be that would be hilarious and, and super cool. I feel like it's a, it's a tough match because I feel like, aside from... Mickey James, who, as someone who you know didn't watch in the 2000s, um, you know I have no nostalgia for her, so I just see her as this kind of older person with really, really terrible pants. Um, everyone <laughs> else, I everyone else, I really, really like. So, so to to have to choose kind of who I would like to see it is to to see when it is a really tough one. But I think that uh, Naomi will be the one take. The only thing that's that sucks is if it is an earlier match. Her entrance is super cool naturally, and you know we've only seen it once in the past little while. Being, you know, a- after she uh, returned this past Tuesday, and so you know, trying to feel the glow in the middle of the Florida, you know, the Florida heat in the daytime is going to be a little bit hard to do. Yeah, no, that would definitely be an issue. So I'm gonna I'm I'm saying final my final bet is gonna be Alexa Bliss. You're you're throwing it to Naomi, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to the triple threat ladder match, uh, which is the Raw Tag Team Championship. I'm glad that they threw ladder match into. This I am very glad that they threw a ladder match into that because there it definitely was kind of like a giant who cares for a while, but this right. should make it a little bit more exciting. Um, it's between Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, Enzo and Cass, and Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, this one's a tough one, man. I feel like the the ship has definitely sailed on the Enzo Cass hype train, and it you know WWE missed it. <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like people went from loving those guys to being really tired of hearing their long mm. speech every mm-hmm. single week. Um, I would love to see the club hold this and, and, you know, actually really build themselves up for, to be a real threat. I've heard some rumors that there could be a surprise debut, uh, (laughs) from, from a broken team, uh, looking for a new home. Um, 
So if the Hardys don't make a surprise entrant into this match, uh, then I I really do think they're probably going to have Enzo and Cass walk off with these belts. But I'd rather see it go to the club. Um, but that's just me. Uh, so so where are you thinking on this one? <laughs> I I don't think that we will see the Hardys. Um, <laughs> I think that they will save that for. You know, I think obviously with the stuff that's been going on on Twitter and everything like that, like there's so many nods to it at this point that I I fully believe it is happening. But for them to debut at, you know, a show that every fan and casual fan is probably going to be watching already anyways, I don't know if that would have the, you know, really have much of of an effect on it. Whereas, you know, if it's heavily rumored that they're going to show up on Raw or SmackDown the next week or whatever, I think that that would obviously help the ratings much more in that case. So just for that reason, I could see... You know, I could see them just not taking part uh, um, in this case. And then, you know, again, I haven't been watching for overly long, but how do you add another team to a match while the match is already happening? Like, I don't I don't know how that would happen, though I'm sure it wouldn't be the first time. Um, uh, I think it would just be kind of one of those, you know, as they're like starting suspend the match. Your, suspend your belief. And suspend the, uh, your belief. You know. <laughs> one of those matches, that, like in the middle of the match, they're just like, oh, we, um, we actually had a a new signee that was interested in being a part of this ladders yeah. are their specialty. And then the crowd's like, Oh my God, this is the moment. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of who is going to take it, I think I, I also agree. Enzo and Cass will probably be walking away with it. I, as someone who only really watches WWE in this point, at this point, uh, Gallison Anderson is some they have not been able to capture my interest at all at this point. I you know, I am not sure what they looked like or what they did during their time in Japan and with the with the Bullet Club and everything like that, but I just feel like they're they're just kind of these like middle-aged kind of like I don't even know how to describe well, it. Just these the, older the, dudes that like make weird jokes that aren't like overly funny and like are I, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't, I don't see their appeal, uh, or they don't appeal to me in any case. And so I think, um, re, you know, regardless of that, I, I, I do think that as a means to hopefully get the, you know, get get the attention back on Enzo and Cass, giving them a title push, hopefully will reinvigorate them and will reinvigorate them with the fans as well. Yeah, and to answer your question about the club, really, it's their gimmick would have never worked in WWE that they were doing mm-hmm. in, in New Japan because it was so focused on the Japanese audience. The okay. whole concept of the Bullet Club was a group of arrogant Americans who refuse to learn Japanese and <laughs> think that they're better than the Japanese. And like, you know, that doesn't care. You can't carry that over into, right. into American audiences. Um, to understand the real humor of, of those two guys you have to look up the Talk is Jericho episodes uh, called Talk uh, Shop I've, Talk. I've heard the most talking shop. I've heard the most recent one, which was great, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And that's but then who I, they like, are. Then I, like that's that's yeah. the thing. You okay. you can't have them be that on WWE TV because well. And then I like I saw them be. I saw them in Southpaw Regional Wrestling a couple weeks back, and I was like, why can't they do more stuff? Like why can't they be these characters? Like these characters are so much. So much more interesting than I just feel like they're not overly interesting at this point in WWE. Yeah, what they do best, they have their balls cut off on the main roster. It feels like, like okay, it's, like it's like no, and I think it's because they just 
in Japan they can say whatever the hell they want, so they they curse cons- like right. constantly. So it's yeah, like yeah. trying to you know that's when you get stuck with these weird testicle doctor segments. <laughs> um, all right, so we're both saying it's probably going to be Enzo and Cass walking out for sure. Yeah. All right, so next we've got Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin for the IC Championship, which has potential to be one of the best matches of the night, but I feel like in this giant card, it's probably one of the least important matches of the night, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate. Um, I also, while I really do think that uh, WrestleMania is usually a lot of the babyface going over scenarios, I would really love to see Baron Corbin win this one, um, just mm-hmm. because... Baron Corbin went from some guy in NXT that I literally could not stand, but right. his constant appearances on Talking Smack have really won me over on just yep. how good he is at being a heel. Much like The Miz, I really buy in to his dickishness being who he is. Sure. And that's rare in this day and age. I feel like too many wrestlers... Um, want to make sure that there is a, a distinction of who they are and who their character is. And it seems like that is not an issue for Baron Corbin. He is more than happy to, uh, right. To be like, no, I am a jock who doesn't give a shit about your wrestling. I just know <laughs> that I'm better than everybody and I'll do anything I can to prove that. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's my, mo- I'm putting uh, my money down on Baron. On Baron. Yeah. I, I, I think I see Baron taking it as well. He's someone that, uh, as someone who I, I don't watch a lot of NXT aside from takeovers at this point, I thought Baron was quite boring for his first six months or so on the main roster. Um, and I still feel like he... It's, you mentioned him on Talking Smack, which is interesting, because I feel like on the main shows, I feel I, he is not overly interesting on the microphone, but then on talking smack, it's like he has more freedom or something like that. Or I don't know if he's more confident because half the audience has dropped off at that point, but he's super interesting on there. And, and, you know, for instance, seeing the, it was interesting on this last week of SmackDown, not seeing Dean and Baron have any, any time during the main show. And then kind of get to talk things out during a segment on talking smack. And that was a great build. And it was one of the better segments that I had seen Baron in. Um, and it definitely got me more interested in the match than I was at that point. Cause I, I really like Dean Ambrose and I, and I love watching him, but at, as you mentioned, it's one of the least kind of, least built up i think and and probably least important matches on this card um but just seeing that build up on talking smack definitely got me more excited for it and and i think that just just the kind of way that baron corbin's been going as of late ever since about elimination chamber where they they seem to be building him up as this more and more and more powerful character i i definitely see him walking away with it as well it's a shame too because you know just six months ago, you had The Miz and Dolph Ziggler fighting over the IC belt and making mm-hmm. it feel like the most important oh, it was title that anyone could hold. And it it just doesn't feel important now, suddenly. like It's right. it's crazy how the holder really determines the level of importance uh, bestowed upon that belt. And real quick, this seems like the best time possible to just point out that, uh, and leading into the next match we're going to talk about, Talking Smack is probably the best weekly show that the WWE has created in years. (laughs) It does so much in just 20 minutes. The show's like 20 minutes a week. It is so funny. 
It's so entertaining. It pushes storylines so much better. It builds like a reason for you to care about these characters that don't get on TV much. Like any popularity that, that American Alpha has post NXT is entirely because of their interviews on Talking Smack. Right. Because they don't get any TV time <laughs> on on SmackDown. It, you know, it's done wonders for Baron Corbin. It's done wonders for most of the women's division. I mean, Alexa Bliss is so good oh, yeah, absolutely. every time she's on that show. Like, And I think you're right. It's, it's this element of they don't have to memorize a script and they don't have to worry about the audience that's watching. They can be a little bit looser because they've got Daniel Bryan who is pushing the envelope. Oh, he's, he's got to be like, <laughs> like I wonder if it's to the point where he's getting in trouble at some points because the stuff he says at points is so hilarious and so off base. I it just think... like doesn't make any like stuff like the big hog and like <laughs> stuff like that is ridiculous. And and I I I I can't even describe how many like just laugh out loud moments i've had watching that which is weird for you know an after wrestling talk show right like it doesn't it shouldn't be like that but it is and it makes it so much better because of that i think there's literally an element where daniel bryan has realized that wwe needs him more than he needs wwe so he's just like (laughs) trying to put like poke the bear and see if he can get in trouble uh I, i have to imagine his time is fairly limited at this point too with the baby about to arrive or or it's it's coming pretty soon here isn't it yeah it's it's definitely on its way and talking about talking smack i don't think there's any person whose career benefited more from talking smack than the miz so that will lead us (laughs) into the miz and maurice versus john cena and nikki bella which uh at first i was really interested in a john cena versus the miz match and didn't understand (laughs) why they were adding nikki bella and maurice in this for Mm -hmm. any other reason than it's probably going to be nikki bella's last match and right and i hate the way that WWE does mixed tag matches. I think that it really ruins the pacing of a match, because if you go to any indie organization, or literally any wrestling organization that isn't WWE, Lucha Underground, any of that, a mixed tag match means that guys fight the girls, and girls also fight the guys. Okay. Um, WWE rules, the second that a girl is tagged in, they have to wrestle a girl, and it throws off the pacing. Um. That being said, the last two weeks with the Total Bella bullshit oh. segments have completely redeemed everything about this. Yeah. Um, there's I, no... It's become one of the it's become one of the matches I'm most looking forward to just because of the those segments and the talking smack segments and everything like that. It's just been it's been such a good build. Well, and it's it's brought out the best type of John Cena, which is the gives no fucks promo John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, it. The Miz deserves Wrestler of the Year for how much he has made a lot of guys seem really relevant and cool again. Because he definitely made Dolph Ziggler seem cool by him being such a shitbird that you just had to cheer for Dolph Ziggler. And now he's making it so it's impossible not to cheer for John Cena in this match because he's just such a dick. Um, (laughs) So, I, I, I mean, I think... This one's a pretty obvious one. I would be baffled if it isn't John Cena winning and then right. proposing to Nikki Bella. Like that just yeah. seems like that's the story. Um, but I do have one thing that I would like to see happen. Uh, I don't know if the WWE will ever have the balls to do this. I think that Maurice should tag in Miz 
and Miz gets a couple shots on Nikki Bella before she can tag in John Cena. Mm. I think it would be such an like douchey, evil thing for him to do. And it would totally fit his character. 110%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have my joke, uh, my joke ending, which will probably never happen. But um, the Miz and Maurice win, and then John Cena dumps Nikki Bella for being a loser and goes <laughs> full heel. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Yeah, the ultimate yeah, I, John Cena heel turn. <laughs> well, and the with Al Roker serving as special guest ring announcer is pretty hilarious, dude. That was when they announced that. I was just sitting on my bed, like, why? Why? Yeah, that makes I mean, no I think sense. if. if if anything pushes this WrestleMania from regular thr- thrill ride to ultimate thrill ride, it's going to be the presence of Al Roker. <laughs> It'll be the ultimate f- thrill ride. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you you pretty much said everything there. It's It's been a fantastic build. I don't see any way where just after just all of the comments from The Miz and from Maurice, I don't see any way that John Cena and Nikki do not win it, especially if it's true and it is, does end up being, you know, Nikki's Nikki's last match ever or Nikki's last match for uh, whatever time period. I don't see, I don't see any way they're not going over. Yeah, I, I see Nikki getting the pin, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even be impressed, you know, to flip what I just said earlier, if Nikki gets the pin on Miz. You know what I mean? Like, That'd be great, yeah. But uh, either way, I see Nikki getting the pin, and then I see John Cena proposing. Um, and it's going to feel super cheesy when that happens, but... It's going to be... I feel whatever. like it's going to be a cool, like, moment as well, though. Like, you know, regardless of... You know, they, they've built this whole he's never going to get married thing so hard on Total Bellas over the years, which I, you know, watch re- religiously at this point. But or sorry, on Total, on, on Total Divas, rather, which I watch religiously at this point. But regardless of how much truth there is in that, I think that would be, you know, it's something that that at least she has clearly wanted for some time. And to be to see that happen, you know, in after they, you know, win a big match at the biggest uh, moment in wrestling each year and to be able to share that with you know the WWE universe it's, it's gonna be it'll be a really I feel like emotional moment and it'll be it'll be pretty cool to see yeah I, I definitely agree um, so this is gonna be followed by the Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship match uh, I would argue this is the match with the best builds towards it i don't think i don't think there's any argument there yeah it is it is I the, feel like the festival of friendship was one of the best TV moment best segments on television regardless of show yeah ever and, and like you know you're you're a year and a half into watching wrestling i'm about three years into watching wrestling and i'm hearing people who've been fans for 30 years saying that that was one of the most perfectly constructed and heartbreaking Mm-hmm. tag team breakups they've ever seen. Like I'm hearing people compare it to Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. <laughs> like it's that moment. It's so like, so there's well, I feel a, like it's so, so well choreographed as it was well. Beautifully where, like, choreographed beautifully. Yeah, the it, like, the, the, like, why is my name on this? And just the angle, the way that the camera cuts and you see the KO on there and then the attack, and you know, for a split second before it happens at that point. And then the attack comes in and it's so shocking and uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And the, and the humor that came right before it, you know, the creation of Kevin painting is something that I'm trying to convince my fiance to let us order and put on our wall. 
<laughs> but I, I agree. I think that there's there are moments where th- there's a lot of reasons for people to make fun of you for liking wrestling. And WWE definitely goes out of their way to provide plenty of stupid storylines to make you feel like a fool for liking <laughs> wrestling. But then there are those moments where it is the best told dramatic moment on television. <laughs> and that that was that for me. That was like I literally gasped. I was watching oh, yeah. TV. Yeah. I saw that thing come out of the box and the the list of KO on the back and I was just like, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> <laughs> like they had sucked me in. I was so sure that we were going to see them break up. And then over 20 <laughs> minutes they convinced me that their friendship was better than ever. And then mm-hmm. it happened. I was like, "That's beautiful." Unfortunately, the friendship is going to end with Kevin Owens beating Chris Jericho. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. The well, only- and I, I don't know that there's anybody that doesn't know. Like, obviously, Chris is done for a time after this. He's going on tour with his band, and so there's, I just don't think there's a way for him to to win. As much as I'd love to see it, yeah, the only the only way that I can think of, honestly, is if they pull like a, a Zack Ryder thing where he wins. On Sunday, but then Monday loses mm. it to someone else. Right, right. Um, loses it to Sami Zayn. <laughs> um, but <laughs> to like start that feud. to start that feud. But uh, yeah, it, if if not, I'm like 95. percent It's happening Sunday. If not Sunday by Monday night, Chris Jericho will right. no longer be the United States champion because Fozzie's got an album to record and a tour to go on. Mm-hmm. They've got totally. dates already booked. They, like that is written in the stars. He is not going to be there anymore. Um, but what a what a great build! It's going to be a good match. I think that that is going to be one of the top matches of the night. There's no way, mm-hmm. like, because we've never really seen those two go at it either. Exactly. Yeah. So it it's kind of goes back to that once in a lifetime thing that WrestleMania was supposed to have. Um, right. So I guess we're both in agreement on Kevin Owens on that one. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So now here's here's a match that I've went from being really excited about to not so excited about, and then they added the stipulations that made me excited about it again, which is the Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax in a fatal four way elimination match, and adding mm-hmm. the elimination to that match suddenly changes everything about that match to me. Um, I I think Nia Jax is in there to strictly be a body that gets removed from the match first. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then... And and they're all going to have to team up to make that happen. Yeah. They're going to work together, get rid of Nia. I don't see there being any way that this match does not end with some form of a Sasha Banks heel turn. Right. Um, I I was thinking it would come down to Bailey versus Sasha... Until a friend of mine at work proposed what I like a little bit better, which is that Bailey is the next eliminated after Nia Jax by okay. by and Sasha Sa- and Sasha eliminates her. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns into another Sasha versus Charlotte with Sasha getting the win, so that we can right. build Bailey trying to get her belt back, and it's getting it off of Sasha Banks, who's revealed her mm-hmm. true colors as the badass bitch that we all know that she is great at playing. <laughs> um. And well, and I can we definitely need. see it. Oh, I, I can definitely see it. I forgot to say one thing. Uh, yeah. I heard someone else, uh, my my buddies at the Gore Horseman podcast predicted this. 
uh, for the Chris Jericho Kevin Owens match, and I've never wanted anything more in my life. Um, during that match, Chris Jericho 110% needs to reenact the I love you, I'm sorry moment from Shawn Michaels <laughs> versus Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Before doing a big move against Kevin Owens, uh, it would be the funniest and greatest spot of the night. Uh, I doubt it will happen, but that is my – there is one thing that I could write up in a dream to happen. It's that. Um, but yes, back to this match. I see it being Sasha Banks walking out as a heel champion. Uh, I, I completely agree with that, and I definitely feel like the, the idea of – Sasha pinning Bailey, but not last, and and having it be Charlotte versus Sasha is realistic, um, and definitely flowing from be it the, all three of them or Sasha and Bailey are teaming together to be able to take Nia out. Okay, now let's team up. On, you know, we're best friends. Let's team up in order to eliminate Sasha, and then we'll go from there. And then at the moment where Bailey is not expecting it, Sasha turns around and pins her uh, instead. Is you know, at this point, that's the way it has to go down. I feel like, like, there's no other option, um, and and that's gonna, it'll be super interesting to see Bailey's reaction to that come come Monday because they have, you know, Charlotte's been talking for weeks, if not months, about Sasha being this two faced person, and she will just turn on you. And Bailey has defended Sasha every step of the way, and excuse me after the hiccups, uh, and and to see that. Uh, come to you know Charlotte coming to light and being correct. I think is going to be a, a really cool moment to see. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it is uh, definitely going to be an interesting uh, post Raw as well, despite mm-hmm. whatever happens. Um, <laughs> all right. So next is the match that I'm most disappointed by. Um, I I think that the match will be fun, but I just feel like it's a waste of a really talented hard-working dude uh the shane shane mcmahon versus aj styles match shane, shane is very hard-working i agree <laughs> that's right you don't like aj styles that much is that do i I, I don't dislike him <laughs> but i feel like uh he has really really good matches but i feel like Aside from maybe the build for this this whole thing where he's so angry because he wasn't promised this moment essentially and then doesn't get it and then so you know he attacks Shane and throws his head through a car window that somehow that car has a camera inside of it so you can get an <laughs> interior shot. Uh, <laughs> that that segment that segment was amazing until they showed the inside of the car where it was like oh that was like a wrestling is fake moment like <laughs> like there's nothing to you, you can't believe any of this but. Uh, uh no he's you know seeing for instance i can't remember like uh, him in the john cena matches and him you know that like that match where he i can't remember who he was facing but he ripped his pants and you could see his butt and then he did he did that like crazy 450 uh to the outside of the ring on top of the table and just these insane spots and these insane you know these insane acrobatics um he hasn't growing on me i still feel like i'm not super invested in him as as a character um, you know, with his kind of soccer mom hairstyle, and when he was the champ that runs the camp, I just thought that was really boring. And so, since that ended, I have been more interested in him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think just based on who he's facing, it won't have an opportunity to be an extremely acrobatic match. Um, you know, 
he does cool flips. Shane just kind of jumps or falls off stuff. Uh, as cool as that is, and and if you've seen any of the leaked photos from the the, uh, the stage and the set at this point, there's a lot of opportunity for that. Whether or not it'll happen based on the fact that at this point it seems to be just a standard match uh, with no stipulations, which is really interesting, and I don't know how if that's going to change for Sunday or, or, you know, just watching that happen on SmackDown, I was like, you know, he, AJ kept pointing out the fact that, you know, this is just a regular old match. And then he signs the thing. I was hoping Shane would be like, well, you just signed the contract without reading it. And actually I can do this or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, Shane is someone that I've only really seen him, you know, being that I've only been around for a year and a half at this point. I've only really seen a few matches from him. Um, Last year, you know, him jumping off the cell was pretty crazy, and and he looked certainly beat up after that. And then, um, you know, seeing him get a concussion at uh, Survivor Series or whatever it was was uh, quite a moment as well. And he can definitely jump, and he looks cool doing it. But what? But he doesn't seem to be able to do much else. Yeah. And so I don't know what the you know having seeing the fact that we haven't really seen these two fight at this point. Um, you know, what kind of chemistry are they going to have in the ring and how are they going to tell a story where, uh, you know, when one of the, the talent of one of them is, is so far above the talent of the other. And that, I guess that's the concern. So I had in my head a story that I had written, uh, and it was borrowing from my favorite WrestleMania, which is WrestleMania 10. And the storyline that I had built was, so the build to WrestleMania 10, uh, Derek was that the Royal rumble ended in a draw. Uh, Bret Hart and Lex uh, Lex Luger fell out of the ring at the same time, and there was an argument over whose feet hit the ground first. Uh, so what they ended up deciding was that the only fair thing to do was to flip a coin, let them call it, and whoever called called the head like heads or tails, whatever, got a shot against the title for uh, shot for the title first at WrestleMania. And that okay. Brett would have to have a match at the beginning of the show, and then, or so Brett lost the the coin toss. So Brett had to have a regular match at the beginning of the show. In the middle of the show, Lex would have a match against the then champion Yokozuna, and then at the end of the night, Brett would face whoever won that match in the middle of the show. Mm. Uh, when they were having this whole argument over is AJ or Randy the the person who should get a shot against Bray. <laughs> I really had hoped that they were going to build this stipulation where AJ has this match against Shane, but the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match would happen in the middle of the show. And then whoever won that AJ would face at the end of the night. Um, because mm. I would love an AJ versus Randy Orton match. And I would ev- uh, even more so I'd love an AJ versus Bray Wyatt match. Um, but we're not getting that. Uh, I don't see any <laughs> way that AJ Styles isn't winning this match. Uh, there's, You've you've got a guy who quite literally could be your next big baby face, especially if John Cena is going to be doing a part time schedule and probably leaving shortly after WrestleMania for various you know movie and TV commitments that he has. There's no right. way that you can build AJ Styles as your big baby face by having him lose to Shane McMahon, <laughs> who has almost no wrestling abilities beyond being a spot monkey. Um, so I'm just hoping that it's a that it's a good match. It's not too long. I don't need another 30 minute match like the Undertaker match with Shane, where all it was was buying time for the one big spot. Right. Um, you know, keep it. Make this a good 
10 minute match with like a giant spot for Shane and like a great moment or two for AJ and then you know just start building for next year when AJ is the guy that we all want to see win the belt off of whoever the giant heel is at that time um maybe right. the Miz maybe get maybe give the Miz the championship by then I would watch the shit out of AJ Styles versus the Miz for the for totally, the championship yeah. um yeah but yeah, I don't see any way that AJ Styles isn't winning this one. Yeah, no, same thing. Same for sure. And uh, almost a very similar match. Uh, we've got Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Uh, this match has been like, it feels like two years in the making. Uh, and various injuries and, and stuff have kind of sidetracked it. But uh, again, I there's no way that Seth Rollins doesn't win this match. Seth Rollins is yeah. another guy who can be the next big baby face for the company. You don't have him lose to Triple H uh, at WrestleMania. But then again, this Tri- is his, yeah. Triple H wins a lot at WrestleMania, so <laughs> it's tough to say. Yeah, I think this is uh, I, this has been building for so long, and it was so uh, it was so it was heartbreaking to see Seth get injured so recently. And I'm super glad that it ended up not being something. You know, if it wasn't a work, which it sounds like it wasn't, but it just wasn't overly serious this time around. Like to be able to, it must have been so scary for him to think that he, you know, he may may be missing this a sec for the second time in a row. And you know, seeing that moment uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, on Raw, where he, you know, stumbles down with the crutch and then lifts the crutch and drops it and unzips, uh, you know, slowly unzips his sweater and he's got this awesome new shirt on that says, like, what a moment. Uh, one of the coolest moments I've seen on Raw in some time. Um, but yeah, he, you know, this is essentially acting as his redemption and his, you know, final revenge over Triple H after years of, you know, doing his bidding because, you know, great things are going to happen to you if you listen to me type thing. And it's going to be, I, I feel like the, Seth is really selling the kind of hate for Triple H really, really well. And to see that, yeah, uh, to see that translate to the ring with a for a full match instead of you know an attack from one to the other as has been happening recently is going to be really exciting to see. But totally agree, there's no way Seth is not going to win that match. The only way that I can see Seth not winning this match is if Samoa Joe and and Kevin Owens both come out and uh right assist on that win. The the only but way I could that... definitely if we see Samoa come out, I could definitely see Sammy come out as well in order to help defend Seth because that's you know Sammy has had his own issues with Samoa Joe as of late, and so that would totally and that wouldn't be out of Sammy's character. Sammy is the guy that sees someone getting attacked and will run out to defend them when no one else will. Um, so I could definitely see that being the case. And since it's still a non-sanctioned match, does that also mean it's no disqualifications or anything like that? So. So a run-in would not be anything out of the ordinary in this case. Yeah, it would be a, a non-sanctioned match, according to Wikipedia, uh, is the same as a no-holds-barred match or a no-DQ match. Uh, Anything-goes match um, where neither wrestler can be disqualified and it allows for weapons and outside interference. Right, so, okay. Yeah, so there could be tons of people that run in during that match. Um, so now we hit the awkward part. There's three matches left. All three matches could arguably be the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the one that I think is least likely to be the main event, which is Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Right. Um, now, I'm very interested in your perspective on this match because I believe, if I recall the the fantasy booking articles of the past, 
There was at <laughs> least a time where you were a huge Roman Reigns fan. I don't know if you still are, uh, but I'm curious your take on this. Uh, I will say that I have no ill will towards Roman Reigns, the wrestler, who I think is very yeah. talented, and he seems like yeah. he's a decent enough guy. Yeah. But the character sucks. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I I just think it's the wrong character for that guy to be playing. I think sure. that the only way that this is a good idea for a match is if they really are planning to make Reigns heal, and there's no bigger way to make that dude heal than have him shit talk one of the greatest legends in right. wrestling history. Um, mm. He's been a dick on TV lately. Uh, I feel like that has to be a sign that they are acknowledging <laughs> that they want us to boo him now, but... Who the who the fuck knows? Because again, supposedly next year it's supposed to be him versus Brock Lesnar, with him right. going over. So I like I never know what they really want us to to do with Reigns, but also Undertaker. I, I don't know. There's this could possibly be Undertaker's last match. I don't know right. if his last match would be him losing to Roman Reigns. Like, yeah. there's just a lot of questions that are floating in my head. I want to know what your thoughts are. Uh. So yeah, I not I've never been a huge Roman Reigns fan. I do like him. Uh, I do enjoy him, and he was his shirt was the first of many WWE shirts that I now own. Um, mostly because I, for instance, when I started watching, everybody hates him, and he gets so many boos, and that just made me like, as someone who knew who was watching, who didn't understand the hate, it totally made me feel for him, and totally made me want to see him succeed because I didn't understand why everyone was was so hateful of him and i feel like I, I still feel that way and and i do like him a lot um and he is very talented uh and and as i you know i feel like it, it he's something where he his his interviews and his uh promos they vary so much in quality they, however where sometimes there's just absolutely fantastic ones and there's other ones where i'm like what are you doing um so that, but I feel like that is something that is improving as well, and I have enjoyed him see, uh, I have enjoyed seeing him become, you know, more of a dick in the past, uh, however long, as you mentioned, um, you know, because I, I, I totally see it as just a, he's getting sick of everyone, you know, booing him and putting him down and and whatever. Um, so yeah, I could totally see a heel turn coming, which would be really interesting. As far as the match itself goes, I don't know because it's it's something where. You know, the Undertaker's last match probably should have been a couple of years ago at this point. Like, just as as someone who again is fairly new, and I've you know slowly been, I feel like at this point and and for the past year, I've I, I probably watch more on the the WWE Network than I do on Netflix at this point. And you know, I love going back and watching older stuff and and seeing this incredible presence and this incredible in ring character and the you know incredible in-ring skills that the undertaker once held versus you know what we saw last year at uh at wrestlemania and what we're bound to see this year at wrestlemania but potentially even worse because you know i hear he needs a hip replacement and there's been photos of him walking around on crutches and everything like that like he's to the point where this is he's this shell of the incredible presence that he used to be and how is that man going to carry a match that is is decent in any case and how does how do you make that 
you know, for in terms of winning, I have no idea who is going to win. If it's Undertaker's last match, I would love to see Undertaker win. But how do you make that believable when it's someone who is in their physical prime who can move very, very quickly and hit very hard and, and you know, spear like, you know, like he's freaking Goldberg. Uh, how do you make that look decent against an old man who can barely move at this point? Yeah, it's... This match has a really... Of all the matches, this one has like the a, highest like potential to be almost. really bad. There's yeah, yeah. Like there's a really good chance that this match is bad. <laughs> like, Which I feel like it's sad because I feel like if it is bad, just based on the blind hate everyone seems to, ha- seems to have for Roman, it's just a vindication that oh, see, we told you Roman sucks. But I feel like it's going to have just as much to do with Undertaker at this point, where he is not, he is not physically in a condition where he should wrestle, and what is that going to look like come Sunday? Yeah. Uh, so I, this is the one that's also the hardest for me to predict. Um, mm-hmm. I really do see the possibility of Roman Reigns winning this, but I think that it's going to be a disqualification. I think that Braun Strowman's mm-hmm. going to, going to interject himself into this match. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, this is really the biggest question mark. Uh, on on my predictions list, uh, I just don't think that this is the last match for Undertaker match. I think that he's going to win <laughs> this and lose one next year to like John Cena or a really big up and comer. Um, yeah. But who knows? Uh, I, I this this match really has the potential to be the match that sucks a lot of the energy out of the entire event. Um, which is which is so it's so sad to think that because it used to you know those used to be the matches that you know were the matches of wrestlemania like year after year and it was you know what you talked about when wrestlemania was over is i wonder who the undertaker is going to face next year and now it's to the point where you know i wonder if the undertaker is going to wrestle next year and i hope he doesn't because he's you know like i people hope he doesn't because he is degrading quickly and you know, it's the point where, you know, it's like a band that you, you know, was fantastic when you were growing up and you really, really loved. And then you go to, you know, then they're playing at some local bar now and they're all fat. And, you know, there's only one guy who was in, in the original band. And, uh, you know, it used to be like, I don't know, it's something like that where you've just watched watched this character just fall from the heavens that they used to be on and is now just an old man. And, and it's just really sad to see. Yeah, it's all right. So I'm going to, I want to say my final prediction is that there is no winner to this match and it ends with a Braun Strowman interference. Mm -hmm. Um, How about you? What what are you going with here? Uh, I mean that, I think that's the best thing that we can hope for. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know that there's anything, just the way that they've been building things, I think we're totally, I, I agree, we we should totally be prepared for a run-in of sorts, and I think just in terms of heat against Roman, if you were to win, and 
uh, and in terms of keeping Roman looking strong and keeping the Undertaker looking looking strong, like it has to end. It has to end in a manner similar to that because if you if you get this hobbly old man over Roman, it it ruins all the building they've done of his strength and his character over at whatever time. And if you make Roman win against the Undertaker, people are going to hate Roman Reigns more than they ever have before. So it has to be a disqualification. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, all right, so we're down to the final two matches. I just don't think there's any fucking way that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton is the actual headline match of, <laughs> of the night. I don't think it's what's going to close out the night, so we'll go with them next. Um, I really want Bray Wyatt to win this match. <laughs> um, yeah. Randy Orton doesn't need any extra push. He's Randy Orton. He's had his time. This should be the moment that elevates Bray Wyatt into being a genuine threat. Um, he'd be a great first opponent for a newly babyface AJ Styles uh, mm-hmm. to to chase the belt with. But yeah, he. Uh, I, I just. I, I, it's weird because we're also supposed to um, see Bray as the heel in this. But, like, Randy Orton's been doing some fucked up shit the last couple of days on TV. <laughs> like, yeah. Burning down houses, which uh, we didn't mention this uh, earlier, but AJ Styles calling out that in a promo recently was one of the highlights of SmackDown. <laughs> uh, he's just like, you're going to let Randy headline WrestleMania? He burn a man's house down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that AJ continues to almost be, like, the weird voice of reasoning on on yeah, yeah. wrestling television um but i just this this storyline is both really cool and a complete and total fucking mess at the same time um <laughs> it's I was the so- first kind of supernatural magic involved story like magic involved storyline that i've seen and it's so ridiculous and like just seeing I mean, like, when Bray Wyatt talks about that sort of stuff, like, it totally seems normal because he's, like, super, you know, weird looking and part of this cult and, like, all the shit that he does. But seeing, like, you know, model-esque Randy Orton talk about, like, and just totally deadpan and monotone talking about, like, burning down the ashes to, you know, get rid of the powers that Abigail gives you and stuff like that is just, it's almost hilarious, like, unintentionally hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's like um, if Tommy was And then so on SmackDown, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. And seeing, like, like this past week, like, seeing him drive that, that cross into the dirt and the, like, weird glowy sparks start to come out, like, it is preposterous but it's it's also like super interesting um it's it's super weird yeah yeah work uh work the other day was pretty interesting because i just show up to work and i work with a bunch of wrestling fans so the first thing that anyone said to me was so uh randy orton's an exorcist now (laughs) it's like like, yeah who who would have guessed like the surprise um yeah i just it's such a weird storyline, but Bray has more to gain from winning than Randy Orton has to lose by losing. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, I think this is the this is the moment you put your money down on the new up and coming talent because you're not going to have Randy Orton much longer. Build Bray Wyatt, let him be the character that he should be. 
which is awesome. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I want, I'm, I'm saying Bray, it should be Bray. It probably won't be because WWE <laughs> and Vince loves to just keep pushing the guys that worked 20 years ago or whatever, but <laughs> Bray Wyatt, that's, that's which the one I want. Which brings us to our next match. Which, oh my God. Yeah. So the final match, what I think is going to be the headlining match, the, the universal championship against a guy who has yet to wrestle more than seven moves and a grand total of two minutes and a guy who shows up every three months. Uh, this yeah. is this is what the belt is being battled between, and it's <laughs> disappointing on multiple levels. Um, but I digress. Uh, I mean, Brock has to. So, so it's not enough to say that Brock has to win this. Um, Brock has to win this, and it has to be the brutal beat beat down that Randy Orton got at SummerSlam. It's yeah, yeah. The only way to return Brock Lesnar to where he was before that Goldberg loss, right? Of just seeing like, no, you have fully un like you have awakened a part of Brock Lesnar that the world has not seen yet by this loss, mm-hmm. um, and just have him just destroy Goldberg. And I think that that'll be that moment where you're like, oh, man, fucking Brock Lesnar's terrifying. Like, it'll get him right (laughs) back to, like, Brock Lesnar's terrifying levels. And it would be a good moment to end on. Because right now, it's looking like this. If this is the main event, it's a really lackluster main event. And I would even have Brock Lesnar uh, do one of two things. Brock Lesnar can either lose that belt on Monday or Brock Lesnar can straight up vacate the belt and say, I never cared about the belt. I just wanted to take mm-hmm. it from Goldberg. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, I don't have time for this. I've got better shit to do than come and wrestle and defend this shit once a month. You guys right. find someone who gives a crap about this belt. I just wanted to take it off of Goldberg. <laughs> it's like, all right, I can, I can get behind that, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Go murder a car again. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I would put a lot of my – a lot of if not all of my money down on uh, Brock Lesnar at this point because I think even the people who were excited about Goldberg a couple months ago are that, – that him beating Kevin Owens was the moment that I think made a lot of people go like, fuck you to Goldberg. Cause it was yeah, just, yeah. Like, no, like – another Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was fun when you were showing up and just like, you know – be an old school Goldberg and and beating Brock Lesnar once in a while, but like now you're beating one of the best guys in our entire generation of wrestlers mm-hmm. in twenty something seconds. Like suck a mm-hmm. dick, Goldberg. I hope you lose that belt. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and I I have enjoyed uh, as someone who's never really seen uh, Goldberg uh, as a character and only had heard about him, of course, over the years. Uh, seeing him come back and seeing his his promos and stuff like that and and just seeing him kind of very sincerely it seemed like just talk about the reasons for him coming back and the fact that he wanted his you know his son and his wife to be able to see him in the ring and to be able to see him like you know ever people saw him 12 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever point uh was really cool and i really enjoyed that and to see him you know at that point all i had seen brock be you know whether that was in wwe or whether that was in ufc was to be essentially a monster and this undefeatable character and so for someone who has only spent a year and a half watching the uh watching the sports entertainment um 
you know, seeing that first Goldberg and Lesnar uh, interaction at was it Survivor Series um, that they fought? Yes. Yeah. So seeing them, seeing them, seeing that at Survivor Series, like jaw dropping for me. Like my jaw dropped. I could not believe it. I had no clue that something like that was going to happen, and it was, you know, it was something that was on my mind for quite a while. And, oh, and it was one of the best moments of the of 2016. Genuinely, mm-hmm. it was such mm-hmm. a shocking, unexpected moment. But and, and and so I expect. I feel like I expected something similar to that between him and Kevin Owens, not with the Jericho interruption, but with you know if he was going to put down Brock Lesnar this fast, who is the beast of of the WWE. Something someone like Kevin Owens would not be able to stand up to him either. Um, so I feel like that for me was fairly expected, but really I feel like that was just a means to an end, and and that end is to have this now third match between Brock and Goldberg. And and I agree with what you said. There's no way Brock doesn't leave with that belt, um, and there's no way that Brock doesn't win the match. And and it is going to have to because it did detract from Brock a lot those last you know that Rumble elimination and that Survivor Series match. And so. Like you said, to get him up to that point, I, it definitely is going to be have to be something brutal. Um, and I'm not sure of Goldberg's status after that, uh, you know, whether he will, whether he's back for more or whether that is it for him. Um, you know, I know I've been listening to a few podcasts that he's been a, a guest on, and he said it's definitely that this, not the run itself, but the what he's had to go through to get back to the, sh- the type of physical fitness that he was in, um, you know, has been really detrimental to his his uh, experiences and, and to his health, it sounds like. And so I don't know if it's something that you'd want to do for a longer period of time. But once this feud is done and once this blow off match, as it appears to be, is is it occurs, you know, what's left for him to do at that point anyways. So I, I could definitely see him fading away after that. You know, we got to start looking forward to WWE 2K18 and, and that sort of stuff. So I, I can imagine that being the end of this contract. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And in, in any case, I think half the matches on the card, I'm looking forward to more, but I am definitely interested in seeing what the outcome of this is. Um, and I think that outcome will be Brock Lesnar going over. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the only logical conclusion I think for this story and what happens after that point, I guess we're just on the ride to find out because, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, Derek, but Dude, the, was that a, was that an ultimate thrill ride pun? Did you say the, we're on the ride to find out? No, but I should have said that we were on the ultimate yeah. ride to find out. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the Raw after WrestleMania is usually one of the most exciting days in wrestling. Um, there's always some crazy returns. I'm expecting mm-hmm. that Finn Balor will return that day. There's a bunch of crazy right. call-ups. I'm expecting that that week, because I don't think they're coming to Raw, but... On SmackDown, I think we will see possibly Asuka, possibly The Revival, possibly DIY, possibly Nakamura. I could see all of them Mm -hmm. getting their call-ups within that week. Uh, And then finally, uh, you know, there's the starting of new stories. And that's the thing where even though I'm not blown away by the lineup for this year's WrestleMania, um, I am excited for a lot of these stories to, I think that we've gotten a chapter. lot of really good stories this year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, like close and yeah, the chapters I, I, and start the new ones. 
I watched, uh, of course, I watched the Raw after WrestleMania last year, which we saw a lot of interesting call-ups of. And, you know, a lot of those people are now major players in, you know, in this card and in uh, the WWE as a whole. And some of them are Apollo Crews in the Vaudevillians. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are. They all can't, they can't all be winners. Uh, It's a shame because they were great in NXT, but they don't know what the hell to Uh, do with them. But yeah, and, and, you know, seeing the, they uh, just this past week launched a new WWE 24 special about the Raw after WrestleMania. And so that was a really interesting watch. And, you know, just seeing how, how that typically is handled and how interesting the crowd is compared to a typical show, because this is the crowd that's still on the high or the low uh, from the night before. Um, it was super, it was, it was an interesting special. And really, I love that. That is probably my favorite series on the network is the 24. Um, the 24 specials are all. Yeah, the 24 is also pretty great on there. I, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. that one yet. I need to put that on my to-watch list, but usually 24 knocks it out of the park. Um, right. I mean, WWE Network is – I mean, this is going to sound like an advertisement at this point, but it is such a good investment. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is su- It is one yeah. of the best investments I've made in my life, and I agree with what you said earlier. Since I got the network, I have like – my my Netflix and my Hulu accounts have both become like completely worthless <laughs> to me because I never right. go to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, thank you, I mean uh, they're just they're just always putting out so much original content and and it's all. Um, I feel like it's all worth watching. I really enjoy almost every original series on there. Um, some of them don't seem to get the episode runs that they deserve, but there's always new shows coming out, and that's really cool. Well, if you're one of those people who is still subscribing to the St. Mort Show on your podcasting device, I thank you for having faith that another episode would eventually come out. <laughs> but um, if you miss me, uh, you can find me over at hmnpodcast.com where I do the Horror Movie Night podcast, which is on geekscape.net. Uh, we're doing uh, weekly episodes. We're doing occasional bonus episodes. We did a couple live episodes. Um, we are doing everything in our power to – beat Jonathan London in the ratings of being the show that is Geekscape's <laughs> top show. Uh, I don't think we'll ever actually achieve that, but there have been a few times where we came close. So we're going to keep trying to uh, grow in numbers. And Derek, you occasionally appear on a podcast on on uh, the Geekscape network as well, don't you? Uh, I think it's to the point where I regular, regularly appear on an occasional podcast on the Geekscape network. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's called the uh, Geescape Games podcast. Uh, we record uh, when Shane feels like it, and uh, you know we talk about uh, gaming news, uh, games we've been playing, uh, opinions, uh, everything of everything in that sort. Uh, we just published an episode uh, two weeks ago, I believe it is now, on our Nintendo Switch impressions, as many of us have picked that device up, um, and we've received a lot of good feedback on that episode. So if you're looking for a jumping-off point, that's a good place to start. All right, uh, we'll definitely go and check that out because God knows if anything will pop up on the St. Mort Show feed uh, again <laughs> in the near future. But uh, I am hitting a bunch of conventions, and I probably won't be doing inter. They won't all be interviews that are uh, horror movie night level of quality uh, or <laughs> really on the topic of horror movies at all. More St. So, Mort Show, more, yeah. more St. Mort Show level of quality. Yeah, like kind of just like you know. I'm probably going to be talking to Mega Ran soon, but I can't really see what Mega Ran's going to have to say that would fit into the the horror movie night programming. So it's true. It's kind of just a dumping place for interviews that I do that uh, 
that don't really fit the the the, the mold. <laughs> so if you don't mind having a podcast on your podcasting device that only updates once, twice, maybe three times a year, then uh, stay subscribed. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>